on um, Monday this week, I typed COVID-19 vaccination into Google and my computer lit up with hits. Uh, first headline, Microsoft's Bill Gates is spending, spending billions to save months on a coronavirus vaccination. Second headline, Ontario researchers race towards treatment. Third headline, Owen Sound Natives Company working on COVID-19 vaccination. Fourth headline, Edmonton Company uh, developing DNA-based vaccine. And fifth headline from a couple of weeks ago, first person gets experimental coronavirus vaccination. Now, this is the news that's on everyone's lips. The hope that is in everyone's heart, a, a vaccination for a worldwide virus that has impacted virtually every country, every country and culture on, on earth and is so far unstoppable. Never in living memory has the world been so united in facing so urgent a need. And as far as I know, never has it been so united in working towards a cure. And never has the world been in such need of, of news which is good, of news of a breakthrough, of hope. Now, uh, as a pastor, I've been preaching Good Friday messages for years. And it's usually not that easy to get people, particularly in the global north, to relate to the Easter story. The message of a first century Jew hanging on a room... Roman torture device, it, it, it feels so far off, so distant, so, so strange, so not relevant. Well, friends, we happen to find ourselves in a unique moment where, as a world, we can much more easily relate to what made Good Friday so necessary, so essential. We can much more easily understand and appreciate why Good Friday is called exactly that. Good Friday. It's because it was on this day 2,000 years ago, years ago that a vaccine was found to a pandemic that affects everyone, both rich and poor and young and old and global north and global south. Now, now, now this virus is a spiritual virus. It's not a physical virus, but it very much impacts every aspect of our life societal, spiritual, physical, mental. In fact, this, in fact, we read in the Bible that, that this virus causes spiritual blindness and uh, spiritual death. And this virus is called sin. And just as this virus affects everyone, so the vaccine is 100% effective on everyone who trusts it enough to actually take it. So now maybe you can understand why Good Friday is called Good Friday. You see, if we found a vaccine for coronavirus right now, this morning, we would be dancing in the streets. We would be rejoicing. In fact, we would probably rename it Flippin' Amazing and Unbelievably Incredible Vaccine Friday. You know, if I had COVID-19 right now, I know that I'd be scouring the internet for news of a cure. And I guess that since we all have the, have the virus of sin, we should be equally interested in news of a cure that is supernaturally powerful, that is 100% effective, and that is free of any negative side effects for those who take it.
First Timothy chapter 1 verse 15 tells us this. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, Paul says, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Amen. Now, most of us have heard this phrase FDA, FDA approved, and it usually refers to some medicinal cure that up until now has been in a trial phase. And so FDA approved means that the Food and, and Drug Administration has tested this cure and has officially said that this medicine, that this cure is good, is trustworthy, is worth taking, and that the benefits of taking it outweigh the risks. And Paul, the writer of this letter in the Bible, says in verse 15 of 1 Timothy 1, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. What Paul's saying is that what he's about to say has been tested up to the most rigorous standards known to humanity and beyond and that it's been approved by the highest court. You see, if Paul was half-hearted or uncertain about this supposed cure for sin, he would have said, here is a saying that you might want to check out if you have a spare minute. But instead, it's like he, he underlines it over and over again, just how rock solid this cure is. He says, here is a trustworthy first underline, a trustworthy saying which deserves meaning it's earned its reputation. Second underline, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full, not partial or most or 75%, but full. Third underline, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance, as in you should not just sit it on a shelf, but you should ingest it, you should inject it, you should administer it right now. Fourth underline. And so Paul is highlighting and underscoring and circling and sticking on those little sticky arrows he's saying look look at this really look at this look at what I'm showing you and what is he showing us what is he actually pointing at what is he circled and underlined and pointed at one little sentence one little sentence that brings hope into a death sentence and full remission for people who have been infected and plagued by the virus of sin. And here is that sentence that is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance by you this morning. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Now, friends, we don't know if a COVID-19 vaccine will will be found or when we hope, hope, hope that it will and we are praying that it will and we have many of the world's best minds and the world's top money and resources being funneled towards a cure. But what I want to tell you today is the bad news that we're all infected by sin but more importantly the amazing news that a cure has been found and it's all summed up in this tiny little phrase Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. We read in the Bible about how 
We were created absolutely perfect as humans by a God who's absolutely perfect for a perfect relationship with him. But but just like COVID-19 started in one part of the world and has now spread to every corner, so sin started with one little couple and has now entered every heart and every mind. Now, we can blame those who first, who first, first contracted it if we want But the truth is that we are all sinners and not just because we were infected by sin, but also because we willingly engage in sin. We read in the Bible that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And what and this sense which we get from the Bible is that if we are infected by sin, then we are quarantined from him. We are quarantined from our Father. We are quarantined from our Creator. We cannot be anywhere near Him because He is holy, because He is absolutely perfect. And yet God so desperately wanted us to have a relationship with Him. He wanted us to know freedom from the symptoms and the effects of sin. And so He came up with a solution, with a remedy with an answer that his son Jesus would enter into the quarantine zone and that even though he'd never sinned himself not even once he would willingly allow himself to be infected by the sin sin virus God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God What an exchange, 2 Corinthians 5. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He took on the entirety of the world's sin virus. Every strain of it, every mutation of it, every version of it, every variation of it, every twisted or selfish or dark or sinful or wicked thing that you have ever thought or said or done. He took it on himself on the cross. And, and such was the power of the virus and so, so overwhelming was the punishment that Jesus endured on your behalf, that he died. And the one that made this virus, Satan, thought that he'd won. Because if God himself could not create a vaccine to overcome the virus and survive, then all hope was lost. And yet on the third day, Jesus rose again. First Peter 2 says this, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed this is the story of easter this is the great news of god becoming a man of entering into our quarantine zone of taking on our virus leading to 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 his death and then rising again on the third day with the vaccine Friends, Jesus is the vaccine. He is the hope. You know, this world is full of success stories. And success success stories give us hope, right? Because at the foundation of every success story is this principle. If it worked for me, it can work for you. 
And so we love these kind of rags to riches, hopelessness to hope success stories. Now, when I see or read a success story, I feel hope. When I see someone who was 300 pounds now running a marathon, I'm inspired. When I see someone struggling with real depression turn their struggle into a way to speak hope into people's lives, I'm inspired. And that's why Paul says in verse 15 of 1 Timothy 1, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Paul is saying, if Jesus could save me, then he can save you. Paul is the ultimate success story. He was the person who used to be so against Jesus that he would hunt down and kill anyone who loved Jesus. And Paul is saying in this verse that if Jesus could lead me, lead me from the hopelessness and the darkness of where I was into the freedom of knowing that my sins are forgiven, then he can do the same for you. If he could overcome my impossible virus, he can cure yours. In fact, Paul goes on to make his powerful point even more strongly in, strongly in verse 16. He says this, For this very reason I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. And Paul's talking about you here. Me. He wrote this verse so that the Lord through him would be, able, would be able to overcome any doubt or any resistance in my mind and heart, in your mind and heart, that somehow you are unsavable. You see, Paul is the person that you would say would never, ever change. Never, not in a million years. He was so hateful and so self-justified and so convinced of his rightness that humanly speaking, he would never change. And yet Jesus showed him mercy and Jesus transformed his life. Jesus entered into Paul's quarantine zone and he gave him the vaccine. And so Paul repented of his sin and he came to know new life in Jesus as he placed his trust in Jesus. And here Paul is saying, if Jesus can do it for me, he can do it for you. Friends, as I wrap up this morning, I want to give you the chance for you to respond. If you hear God's voice calling to you, if you hear God calling you to himself, or you sense him speaking to you this morning, I'd encourage you to write me an email so that we can set up a private Zoom chat or a phone call because I would love to help you take that step of faith to entrust your whole life into Jesus's hands. So write me an email, leave a comment on this live stream, write, write me a message, whatever, just, just do something to reach out if God's talking to you this morning and I will be in touch. Sin started in one corner of the world and it's impacted everyone. And hope started on a cross in a tiny country in the Middle East 2,000 years ago. And it's been spreading ever since, being passed from one person to the next. On that cross, Jesus created a vaccine for sin. There is not a mutation or a version of sin that is outside the scope of this of this vaccine. We can never out-sin Jesus' grace. 
There is no sin that can withstand the power of this vaccine. And Jesus has entered into your quarantine zone to give you the vaccine. He's so ready to impart his righteousness into your life. But like with any vaccine, we need to quit trying to fix ourselves. This is known as repentance in the Bible. And we need to allow him to administer this, this vaccination to us. And the Bible calls this faith. And when we do this, if we come to him in repentance and faith, and we choose to place our trust in him, he will clean the virus right out of us. And the Bible calls this forgiveness. We need to turn away from our solution and embrace the only solution that Jesus, the perfect son of God, died in our place on the cross so that we can have a brand new life in him. You need to be honest. If we claim to be without sin, we, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We are praying, right, that we will soon have a vaccine for COVID-19. But here's the thing, hope that goes beyond this life is not found in a vaccine for COVID-19. Hope that goes beyond this life is found in a person called Jesus Christ who saw you stuck in your sin, in your quarantine zone and willingly moved in with you who died so that that wall separating you from God might be pulled down as you trust in him and live in newness of life. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And you may feel like Paul, that you are the worst. And that's okay. Jesus came for you. This morning, just like Paul did, you know, just like I did, I encourage you to come to Jesus and to confess your sin, your total lack of ability to live a life that pleases him and ask him to cleanse you. And he will cleanse you he will forgive you from all unrighteousness for every vestige of this virus and he will move into your life and he will give you new life. Friends, hear Jesus' words this morning. It's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick. I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. And Jesus is calling you in faith. Turn to him and this Good Friday, this great Friday, this amazing vaccine Friday, you can know the glory and the wonder and the inexpressible joy of new life.